Hi, I'm Marilyn and welcome to my Lead Your Day podcast. A warts and all chat for entrepreneurial women. It's very real, it's raw, and it's going to challenge us all to look at our lives and our businesses in a different way than we've probably all been taught. My goal is that it encourages us all to not just lead our day, but our whole worlds. Have you listened to episode 45 yet? The one where I talk about my dates with Queen Elizabeth I. Yes, every time I go to London, which is usually once or twice a year, I love to go to the portrait gallery just at Trafalgar Square there. It's kind of around the corner from the main gallery and uh, there's not that many people in there, but my favourite sort of hall in there is the Tudor Gallery and I love the Tudor portraits that are on the wall a lot by Hans Holbein uh, and other artists of the time and I just love I love it it's kind of that first era of art where the portraits meant something the portraits weren't just a document of history uh, or a time it was a it was a it was a branding statement and I, I just love sitting there. There's usually no one there. I sit on the chairs and just look at, look at the ball and look at and marvel at how, how powerful those images are, project and projecting a a brand, and a positioning. And my favourite, of course, is Queen Elizabeth I. I love her younger portraits, and I love sitting there and staring into her eyes and thinking what. We're trying to figure out what she might be thinking. Now, that's my date with Queen Elizabeth I. But as I was recording that episode, I thought I need to also talk about my brush with Queen Elizabeth II. You know, what is it, four, five hundred, six hundred years later? Uh, history experts, you'll probably correct me on that. But I have had, I actually had a couple of couple of brushes with royalty over my years, including getting to shake the hand of both uh, Prince Charles and uh, Princess Diana back in the 80s, which oh, absolutely thrilled. I remember a friend and I, we, we uh, took school off uh, for a day, went into the Opera House in Sydney, I think about 5am and got in, got in the front row and, uh, you know, was able to shake their hands. I remember how excited I was at the time. Now, as I've gotten older, I'm less of a royalist. I don't royalist. I don't have a strong opinion either way. But you have to admit, when you go to Britain, when you go to England, especially you go to London, uh, it's good value having the royal family, Buckingham Palace, and all of that is is is, is really it kind of comes with the brand, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway. Well, this episode is not about that. Let me tell you a story. Back in 2006, Queen Elizabeth put on a party for her 80th birthday. It was called the Children's Party at the Palace. I was living in London at the time and, you know, we heard that, heard it on the news and there was an announcement and it was one of those events that you think, oh gosh, I'd love to go, but... We knew there was only going to be 2,000 children invited and 1,000 adults because the adults needed to bring the children. They were allowed to bring one adult with two children. Now, I was very fortunate that I had a friend who worked at the BBC. 
and she was she had a, she had a ticket. She was allowed to take two children, but because my son was a newly uh, diagnosed type one diabetic, it she, he needed more care. So we went through the official channels and applied for uh, for me to go as well. So we were able to have. Uh, two children, my son and his friend and two adults, which was amazing. So I guess the party had 2,000 children and 1,001 adults. And let me tell you what happened. We had all sorts of security and forms to fill out before the, for the event. And we had our tickets in our hand and we lined up outside the palace, you know, those beautiful gates. And it kind of felt like that movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, when they're lining up outside the gates, they can't wait to get inside. So we lined up outside the gates and our tickets were checked. I was actually quite surprised that they didn't, there was no extra security. There was no gates to go through. There was no of those uh, body, body uh, scanners. There was nothing. They didn't search our bags. It was actually pretty amazing, this whole onboarding process. And let's talk about that a little bit later. But we went through the courtyard and into the, uh, through the, you know, there was all sorts of, uh, actually go back a bit. The whole theme was children's literature, in particular British children's literature. So it was all sorts of characters and, you know, the car from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and all sorts of things to look at as we went through, and the party hadn't even started yet, through the courtyard, through the sort of ground floor of the palace, and uh, you've got a peek at that, and then out onto the lawn out the back. Well, I must say, walking through and seeing that lawn, it was like walking into some sort of uh, like theatre set. But it was real. It was absolutely amazing. There was a big Alice in Wonderland table set up with all the characters there. There was it was it was just a big, big grassy area, and there were uh, costume characters, and there were you know different parts of the palace grounds were transformed into children's books, and there were famous authors authors there reading from their books and signing autographs and and games. And as we went through, we were handed this bright purple. I've still got it hamper, like a soft hamper, uh, with a whole meal put together by Jamie Oliver and it was amazing we had a little picnic bl a blanket we were encouraged to go out and find a spot on the grass and have our picnic and then it was just quite amazing I truly felt like I was in the Queen's backyard a rather large backyard enjoying this beautiful picnic the boys that we took were just enthralled they had at their young age they had no idea really where they were and even when I asked my son now he has vague memories of it because he was I think three or four at the time but he remembers and I've got photos of him hugging you know Bob the Builder and and all these costume characters it was absolutely wow I would say I look I've been to some big productions around the world especially London uh, in theatre and in other circum, other sort of other type of productions, and I've never been wowed so much as it was at the palace. And it wasn't a show-off wow; it was truly 
it was the Queen's birthday. But what was first was the children. And it truly was about the children, even though we were on the grass, the back lawn of the Buckingham Palace in London. It was really amazing. And yes, there were royals wandering about. Now, this was 2006, so it was pre all the latest royals. There was no Catherine. There was, you know, it was no... Um, Harry, <laughs> it wasn't, I don't know where they were, but there were older royals and the Queen uh, walking around, talking to people, meeting people. It was really quite amazing. It was, it, it was the feeling of they were the hosts and we were the guests. And it was not just in, 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 you know, in a written form or intent, but it truly was in action as well. And then the grand finale of it was, or the main attraction was a pantomime uh, type of play called the Queen's Handbag. It was really quite amazing. And there were all sorts of stars on stage in British, you know, British TV, uh, British actors. And it was, the, the essence of the play was that uh, the villains of the you know, children's literature, like, you know, Cruella de Vil and all that, you know, all those sorts of villains, they hadn't been invited to the party. So they decided to ruin the party. So we're at the party and then we're watching a pantomime of the, the villains of literature not being, you know, reacting from not being invited to the party. And so they they concocted this plan to steal the Queen's handbag because they knew that if they which was a bit of a brave thing for the Queen to do, I thought, because we all know that the Queen really only has her glasses and a hanky in that handbag. There's no money or anything like that, or a lippy. So uh, without without having her Queen, her, her handbag, she wouldn't be able to deliver the closing speech. So it was this really weird sort of virtual but real experience of watching the play, they weren't invited, she couldn't finish off the party. It was really quite amazing. It was also broadcast on uh, TV, live. It was only done once, but it went from like uh, dancing, Mary Poppins dancing on the roof with the chimney sweeps. It was very quite, it was just amazing, amazing production. And it sort of flicked from things happening, like there was Harry Potter's uh, actors in the, actual palace looking for the Queen's handbag and uh, some of this was pre-recorded some of it was live it was truly extraordinary everyone got a seat everyone could see the views were amazing they kept handing out ice creams and it was really quite spectacular so is this podcast really just to tell you about the Queen's party well yes and no but there are a few things, and look, we don't have to turn everything we do into a big learning exercise. However, I wanted to share this. It kind of was a lo lovely top and tail of from Queen Elizabeth I to Queen Elizabeth II in my personal life. But here's what I took away with it, away from it, and what I've thought about since. Yes, we had an amazing experience of actually being in the palace, of being invited to. Uh, an exclusive intimate event, as much as 3,000 people can be intimate, but knowing that you had, had a seat at that party was pretty special. But you know what? There was no us and them there at all. It was about the children. It was about the guests. It was, I guess, the most incredible customer services I've ever 
scene. It wasn't about the Queen. It wasn't about the royals. It, it was there was no divide, which was really quite amazing. And, uh, you know, even though like let's let's go back to where I walked through the front gates. I honestly expected to go through one of those machines where they scanned you and have my handbags searched thoroughly and sniffer dogs and police with, you know, all that. There was nothing. The, the team wore these purple uh, sort of polo shirts and they had jeans on or, you know, something something casual. But they were just casual. I, honestly, the smiles on their face were genuine. It wasn't, let's smile because we're going to get sales here. It was genuine. Now, I kept looking around going, where's the security? Where's the security? Expecting to see people with machine guns on the roof. Couldn't see it. But I tell you what, if there was an incident, I reckon I would have been down in a second. So those friendly people were probably the security guards, but they were friendly. They did not want to scare any of the children or have that impression. And I was really impressed with that. How much can we go? I mean, I mean, have you been through airport security later? You haven't got anything on you that is wrong and you feel guilty just because you walk through that. There was no sense of guilt at all at the party. There was none of that. And I think sometimes authority, and that's part of, let's say it again, the patriarchy system, let's make people feel guilty even when they're not guilty. There was none of that. The It was like all the staff at this party had been charged with uh, or, or given the responsibility of, of feelings and emotion and to make this place feel like the most fun, the most safe place uh, and the most welcome place ever. It was really quite uh, remarkable. Now, I think a lot of customer service is very much a bother. We do it because there's a it's our job or it's because there's an end result. At this party, there was a real anything's not a bother, not a bother. It was strict, yes. When it was time to go and watch the pantomime, you couldn't go and sit on the lawn. You were ushered in, but you were ushered in in a way that would it was absolutely non-scary. It was, it was, honestly, they'd spent a lot of time training, obviously, beforehand. I My brain was going into, hmm, I wonder how long since they've been planning this, probably been years. They've hand-picked the staff. They've uh, put them through rigorous training, but the quality of the staff were impeccable, absolutely impeccable. They made us all feel incredibly welcome, like we were the queens, we were royalty, not the royalty was royalty. It was, well, they didn't put down the royalty, but we felt like the royalty there. Really quite amazing. And what impressed me also was, so not just the smiles, not just that the invisibility of the security but you know there were 3,000 people there 1,000 adults 2,000 kids so there's kids running everywhere like can you imagine how chaotic that could be and how stressful that could be but it felt so personal every detail was thought thought of uh, it was you know the the picnic hampers the where the toilets were and even you know, compare that to any organization or even an online business. How is your onboarding? How do people feel when they're onboarding? Like I felt at no stage that I was left and I didn't know what to do next. We knew what was happening. Uh, there was peop enough people around to ask if we were a bit confused. Uh, there were people looking out for people 
with questions. It was almost like there was someone there ready to answer your question even before you'd even looked up. Have you ever been into a restaurant where you're dying to get a waitress or a waiter's attention and they just they won't look at you and you've got your head up, you've got your hand up, they're not looking at you. Well, at this party of the palace, you know, there's 3,000 people there. The second that you almost lifted up and looked around, there was some there going, is there anything, anything you're missing, anything I can get you? It was, wow, wow. I mean, my favourite word, wow, was magnified, at big coloured lights, big flashing lights at the party of the palace. So just to wrap this up, I just wanted to share this story in that all the way from Queen Elizabeth I, Queen Elizabeth II, having those touch points for me has been amazing. And I think about the women, the actual women behind those roles. Yes, they had confidence because of their roles. There was a there was a, a confidence because they have a chosen role. And in part, they are more royal than they are female. All right, let's get that clear. But sometimes we forget, and this is what my search in Queen Elizabeth the First eyes, and even the, the the contact I had at the children's party at the palace, is I'm looking for that human, that woman behind that leader. Now we will never know because it's very well. It's royalty. We don't have access to that. They play by different rules. And I think about series like the Netflix, The Crown, amazing series, and the movie with Helen Mirren a few years ago with the Queen. And they've tried to take a peek into what the Queen Elizabeth is really like as a person, as well as, as a woman, as well as a royal figurehead. And look, we will never know how accurate or inaccurate they are. But one thing they have done is is put the humanity into the Queen. And oh gosh, wow, what a woman to have been through all those major uh, shifts in society, in in the way we live our life, in, in power, in who's in government, just the way we think, in the, the rise of media and then social media. You've, look, You've got to be impressed. So two great women, both called Elizabeths, hundreds of years apart. But gosh, sometimes it's good to look at people like this and think, what would I do if I were in their shoes? I hope you've enjoyed today. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, have you thought of putting a review on all those podcasts that you listen to and that you appreciate? Because the authors of those podcasts really appreciate your feedback. Can you imagine sitting at a desk and just talking into a microphone and not being able to see any faces? It's really good to get some feedback. Now, I'm the same. I would love your feedback. And I'm going to read out one I got this week from an N. Doust. N. Doust. And uh, he or she is in Australia and she's written a wonderful step back from the push and hustle. Marilyn helps you gain insight and unlocks all those blocks you've been feeling. Great podcast. Thank you, N. Doust. Don't know what your full name is, but if you are listening and you hear this, uh, reach out to me and I'll, um, I'll dig in my bag of goodies and 
get you a, a prize. And that's what I'm doing all the month of March. So if you'd like to give me a review, I'm going to pull out one a week to give a prize to. So make sure you're listening to hear your name being called out and uh, then get in touch uh, with me via the podcast show notes. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.